Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. You know, the gospel by nature um, requires something of you. Uh, I believe that for many people, they've uh, heard the they've they've had the the gospel misrepresented to them. The gospel was presented to people as a a, a ticket out of hell, and for sure, the, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus died and rose again so that you can have eternal life. But um, there's a trade-off that happens when you say, God, I want to make it to heaven. Have mercy on me. I know that I'm a sinner and that outside of you, I can't find forgiveness. When someone calls on the Lord to be saved, there's an exchange that happens. Number one is he gave his life for you, but our response is to give our life for him. Many people, when they get born again, don't really understand. I'm giving my life to Jesus. There's a full trade that happens, one life for another. Now, the trade is worth it because God's not cruel. He's not on the other end taking you and putting you into slave labor, right? But there's a trade-off that happens. So in one regard, there's a level of comfort that happens. The gospel can make you comfortable. 2 Corinthians 1 talks about God being the God of all comfort, right? So we see that God is the God of all comfort. Comfort derives itself from God. But then in the same time, there's an uncomfortability to the gospel. There's this reality wait a minute, I've taken, you know, there's that that story by that, um, who was it? Jesus, take the wheel. For, for Jesus to take the wheel, you have to take your hands off the wheel. And so many people give their life to Jesus, but then they want to keep their own hands on the wheel. They want to still make their own decisions. They still want to run their own life. But that's not how this thing works. When you gave your life to him, when he, when he gave his life for you and you say, I want eternal life, he says, okay, perfect. You can have eternal life. All I'm asking is for all of you. (laughs) I don't ask for much. I just ask for your spirit, your soul, and your body. And so it puts people in this place of, yes, there's comfort. Man, it's comforting to know that if today was my final day on this planet, that I would go to be with Jesus, that that, that I've lived my life in such a way that I'm guaranteed eternal life. I obey the Bible. And so there's a comfort that comes. But in the same time, there's an uncomfortability to the gospel. And you see all through the scriptures, people who, because they've dedicated their life to God, have moments of uncomfortability, moments where life and where the present situation in the earth requires them to do something that they wouldn't choose to do. You see it in the disciples. You see it in the early church. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is the story of Daniel. And I want to read that to you here. And it's in uh, um, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel in the lion's den. And it says, It pleased Darius to set over, the, set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over his whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom and prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors 
are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for thirty days, except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document. An injunction. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and sent up before the king concerning the injunction. O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within thirty days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before him, King, Daniel, who is one of the exiles, turning the page here, is one of the exiles, oh, one more, from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he had heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, No, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, and nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceeding glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions, they and their children and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear the God of Daniel. He is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. You know, there's times where the gospel requires uncomfortable things of us. There's times where it goes from comfort because he's the God of comfort to a time where there's things that require you to step out and stand up for what you believe. And so for many people, that time comes. But know that as a Christian, when you've dedicated your life to the Lord, there's, there's, there's both sides. There's the comfort that God gives. There's a comfort knowing that there's another home for me in heaven, that if my, this isn't the life that I'm living for, 
man, there's many people who live this life like this is all they're going to get. You know, their 20s, I'll never get this time back. Their 30s, I'll never get this time back. Their 40s. I'm looking forward to a a millennial reign with Christ. I'm looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. I'm looking forward to thousands of years. I'm looking forward to a time where we don't even count the years anymore. I'm looking forward to eternity. But at the same time, I understand that now is a time to fight. Now is a time to stand. Now is a time to, to stand up for what we believe in. Now is a time to be the people who God's called us to be. And I know that that'll get uncomfortable. I mean, you just look at being a disciple. There's, God calls us to fast. Fasting is not comfortable. Fasting is uncomfortable in your flesh. I've never found fasting enjoyable, but I find the reward of it enjoyable. I've never found some of these disciplines. Some of these disciplines, yes, some of them are, are you know, they're, they're awesome and, and they produce life and they become the life of your spirit. But there's things that, that bring us to a place beyond what we're comfortable with. You know, there's a separation that takes place. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. When you're a Christian, there's a separation that takes place. When everyone's going to do their own thing uh, on a Friday night, on a Saturday night, as a Christian, you say, no, I, you know, I take time aside. As a Christian, I, I take time aside and I spend time with the Lord. I have a dedicated time that I spend with the Lord. Why? Because I'm a child of God. This is my father. I'm not waiting to heaven to spend time with God. And so there's things that take us beyond ourselves. But it's an understanding that this is what I've signed up for. I know what I've signed up for, and especially being an end-time believer, you know, I believe times like this where you start to see it, and I'm sure people have seen all over Facebook, you know, this division that's happening on, on, and people standing up for things and, and people like deciding, hey, where do I actually stand? And you have to decide for yourself, where do I stand? But to stand back and say nothing becomes at some point doesn't become an option. At, 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 at some point, just standing back and saying nothing becomes an option of being uh, of, of choosing the wrong side. And so you decide, I'm standing up. And God brings you out of a place of comfort into a place of uncomfortability. But you know what happens in that place of uncomfortability? You find that it's the most, sometimes the most peaceful, sometimes the most simple place you've ever been, where life is not complicated. I serve the living God. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I love the power of God. I love the Holy Ghost. I've staked my life on the gospel. I'm not retreating. I'm going to be outspoken about it. I'm going to be loud about it. This is who I am. (laughs) The voice that I raise and I raise for the Lord Jesus Christ is the only voice that will ring through eternity. The words that I say that, that are the gospel, the words that I say that carry life are the ones that are going to make a difference. And in a time like this, people are looking for someone who stands up for what they believe. People are looking for, for people who've drawn the line and say, this is it. I, as much as there's people who go hard for the things of the world, who go hard for, the, for sin, uh, who go hard for, for uh, uh, corruption, I'm going to go hard for the things of God. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be one of those people that even the regular Christians warn you about. They're, they're one of those peoples that, that fast and pray and believes in signs and wonders and doesn't back down. And if the Bible says it's true and it's never stopped being true and it's the word of God, and in a thousand years we'll see, we'll, we'll see who's right. But it's a decision that you make. And so ask God in this time, embolden me, God. And I'm not saying that you go and try to get yourself in trouble. I'm just saying you make a decision. You know, when an opportunity presents itself, that, that God gives you a boldness. The only reason I bring this up, obviously there's been things taking place, but the reason I bring this up is because we're coming to a time now, and the Bible said it, that it says in Matthew 24 that they'll bring you before 
they'll, they'll persecute you. They'll bring you before the law. You know, we've, we've had it very easy in this country, and we've lived in a place where it's been easy to serve God. It's been easy to serve the Lord. You know, you, you, you can wear Christian t-shirts, and you can have Christian bumper stickers, and you can, you know, but, but maybe in the future, these things won't be as easy. It, it, there, there'll be a more declared line. But what God wants to do is put on the inside of you a grit that stands up and says, listen, I'm here to fight. I'm not trying to get out of this life unscathed. I want more skin in the game. I, I don't want to get out of this life and just say, phew, we made it. Glad I made it to heaven. I, I want to have stood for something. I want to have my life to have meant something. I want to stand and fight when it's time to stand and fight. And many people have been lulled to sleep and don't know that there's a battle in their hands and that there's a stand for the gospel. What do you do? What do you do if there's a time where it's not legal to preach the gospel? What do you do if the law says you can't preach the gospel anymore? What do you do? There's people now who, while it's legal, aren't even preaching the gospel as, as, as followers of Jesus Christ to their own shame. And I say that because there comes a point where you man up and you say, no one's going to answer to God for me. I'm answering to God for myself, and I'm not going to stand before him and say, God, I got distracted, and I spent too much time at my, on, my, on my device, and I never told anyone about you. Lord, I was too afraid to tell someone about you. That's a, sh- that's a shame. So God wants to build on the inside of you a strength and a, and a courage to say, you know what, it doesn't matter how uh, nervous I feel, worried I feel, I'm going to be a person who f- advances the kingdom of God. And I believe God's raising an army of people now. And so as you're committed to the word of God, as you're committed and you just make a decision, it sometimes starts with a decision. I am going to win souls. I am going to move the kingdom of God forward. I'm going to be a person who stands up. I'm going to be a person when someone says, oh, you're one of those, you're one of those people. You're one of those church people. You're one of the, you know, you see it in the news. They, 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 they try to shift the blame. It's an antichrist agenda. It gets, it gets, it really gets the people who aren't fully committed to back down. But you know what it does on the other hand? It gets people who are maybe not fully committed. It gets some of them to stand up and say, hey, I am fully committed. Hey, I ride or die with Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is it. This is, this is, this is what I'm living for. Uh, I'd rather stand. I'd rather stand and my life end early than, than deny and live a long life. And I know this is, this, some of this talk is, it may sound crazy, but there's got to be somebody because all through the centuries, there's been people who've paid with their life. And what I don't want to see happen, what I don't want to see happen is that in our lifetime, that opportunity presents itself, but because we weren't told about these things and we weren't prepared, we had a, just a simple, you know, easy Christianity where, you know, the hardest thing we did was pay our tithes. And the hardest thing we did was go out and tell someone about Jesus with a script in front of us. So I, I believe there's coming a time because I believe this is the last generation before we'll see Jesus come back, that there's coming a time where it's not going to be comfortable for believers, where there's coming a time where, where other believers, people who call themselves believers in the church will turn their back. Why? Because we, we look at the Bible. I just don't see another example. I see a book full of, hey, Daniel and the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the early church where it was illegal to preach the gospel. And they, and they met and they gathered and they, you know, you, you see this here. We've had it very easy. But I think there's coming a time where maybe it won't be so easy anymore. And so for us, I want to be prepared. I want to be of the mindset. You know, I'd, I'd rather be of the mindset there's a fight's coming and be ready to fight and be winning souls any chance I can get. And then in 30 years, say, hey, I overreacted. I took this thing way too seriously. But I won thousands and tens of thousands along the way of souls along the way. Rather than being someone who's lulled to sleep. And just, oh, you know, life is good. I just want to enjoy my life. 
you make a decision. Where do I stand? Am I here to enjoy my life? Am I here to be successful, have a good job? And and if you, listen, and it, I'm not saying that the only thing is ministry because it's not, but there's a decision that you make. Whatever God calls me to do, I'm going to do it. There's there's people who've stood up in different situations and it's cost them everything. There's, there's people today who, who are getting fired because they're associated with the church, because they're associated with being a Christian. There's people in other countries that cost them their job when it comes out that they're a Christian. There's things happening all over the world for the sake of Christ. And so I want to at least be minded to, mindful of the fact that there's an opportunity, and they don't come often, but there'll be an opportunity that'll present itself for me to suffer persecution. And in that time, if I don't have a grit on the inside of me to say, bless God, my time has come. I'm going to read one scripture to you before we wrap up here. 1 Peter, I think it's chapter 2. Yep, 1 Peter 2, 19. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience towards God endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it, if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, there, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto ye were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. I'm going to read that again, that last verse, 21. For even hereunto were you called. Everyone say, I'm called. Called to what? Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Follow in his steps to suffering. How about that? Follow in his steps. Be mindful that a day may come. And I want to plant a seed in your heart. A day may come for you, for me, where we stand up. And bless God, I've decided in advance. When it's time to fight, I fight. There may be a day that comes. There's going to be a day for your faith anyway, but there may be a day where uh, uh, you're placed in the decision to fight or to run. And I want to say, make a decision now. When the time comes to stand and to fight, don't run. Stand and fight. I love you. I believe in you. God's going to use you. God's got a great plan for your life. Thanks for being a part of this podcast. We love you. Bye.